The EC Podcast exists to equip believers to make disciples and love others for the glory of Jesus Christ. My name is Bobby Payne, and welcome to episode number 34, where we're going to give you a biblical response to Pride Month. With me today is Pastor Aaron Case, Pastor Jonathan Mitchell, and Pastor Gary Singleton. Gentlemen, welcome back. Thanks for having us, sir. It is good Good to to have you you guys here with me today. And before we jump into our topic today, um, I feel like we'd be amiss if we did not mention some breaking uh, news that happened to us this morning before, uh, you know, we didn't have this planned, mm-hmm. um, but we do want to make a mention of it. So gentlemen, g- uh, give us the news. Yeah. I mean, this morning, um, news broke that the uh, Supreme court had decided to basically overturn the ruling, uh, Roe v. Wade. And so that kind of puts it back into the state's hands to decide, uh, whether or not to regulate abortion, whatnot. So obviously a huge step in the right direction the right decision was made and uh you know we're we're thrilled we're thrilled about what this means and how we can continue to move forward in in this and it's exciting you know things we've mentioned on this podcast um things that churches are all around are working towards and we just thank god for his mercy and grace uh, because our nation um us being a part of it we we certainly don't deserve this um but to think of even right now all the lives that are saved just because you know, we've seen it already abortion clinics halting abortions right now and to think so many little lives that um will see the light of day because of of this decision so we praise god um, and may he receive all the glory yeah this is huge news and and you know it has kind of been intertwined in some things that we've talked about in the past and maybe something in the future but we did want to make you aware of that uh, so exciting news, uh, and let's head straight towards what we're talking about today, um, which is a biblical response to Pride Month. So we're going to start off just by making sure we're on a level playing field here. What is Pride Month? Yeah, Pride Month is basically, um, you know, it's all of June, and, you know, it's only in the last, you know, so many years, I guess, that it's come into popularity, but... Um, the LGBTQ, you know, kind of alphabet soup um, of sexual identities has has been given this month to celebrate. And what you see is, you know, every social media outlet, any company that, you know, the government has hooks in, um, our own government, you know, you're, you're, you're seeing rainbows. And obviously it's not the Noahic Covenant. It's in, it symbolizes something much differently. Um, actually part of what happened in Noah's day, but maybe we'll get into that later. But, um, but basically it's a month long indoctrination of that sort of lifestyle, um, that is forced upon us. Honestly, um, you've seen such things as, you know, not just, uh, businesses changing their logo, but we see children, you know, parents dragging their children to drag shows with drag queens and, 
like these men, you know, and almost no clothing and their kids giving them dollar bills like a strip club. I mean, it's, it's rough. And I, I know the heart of it, the heart of it, um, in certain ways, people would just say, well, we're just bringing awareness, uh, to these marginalized, um, minority groups. But in reality, what we've seen all along is it's not that they want just equality or rights. It's what that they want Uber rights. They want you to celebrate the choices that they make regardless of the standard you have. And I guess that's where the rub comes. It's, um, just understanding as Christians, because the reason why it's been so popular is not just because it's, it's something that, um, is right in front of us, but what we've seen as pastors is, um, the struggle of our own people and others to respond to what's going on around us in a biblical fashion. And, um, I just pray that our time together does equip people, um, just not our people, but all those who listen to, to answer in a biblical fashion what we're seeing being celebrated all around us. And that's one of the problems that we're seeing that is a result from Pride Month is we, in many respects, have been paralyzed in fear of responding out of out of fear of being labeled a, a bigot. Um, somehow, G and I were talking about this earlier, somehow like race gets brought into this specific thing all the time. Uh, you know, we're misogynists whatever you go down the line because we're we're not tolerant um inclusive things like that and i mean it's just, it's just crazy that we talk about this all the time but the field goal posts have to keep being moved for what their standard of inclusion is because apparently the spectrum of the rainbow in their idea is not enough you know you got to have a a flag that represents transgender now uh, because I guess that's not in the rainbow. And, uh, of course we have a totally different idea, uh, and understanding on the truth of what the rainbow represents. But yeah, it's it, the problem with what pride month really is, is, um, majority, the majority of Christians, uh, are silenced in how we approach it because, um, we, we fear what, what it might mean for us. So, um, I think when we, we think about this issue, we have to think about, yeah, what you said, pastor, it's not just a, an, an awareness bringing or celebration of what people are. It is a, um, an open air, basically assault to make you bow to what their, their ideology is. And, um, it's important that we understand that's what it is. It's, it's nothing, nothing less than that. And, and we're here in our culture and age today because of a lack of foundation to stand upon in the, in the past. So, so second question, what is our issue? And by our, we would say the church, what is our issue with the, with pride month? And you guys were touching on it a little bit as you were opening up there. Yeah. Um, I would say that biblically speaking, it's. Biblically speaking, it's from um, from a Christian moral point of view. Uh, we use uh, the Holy Bible, and the Holy Bible is full of verses um, from Genesis, Leviticus, uh, Romans, First uh, Kings, First um, Corinthians, First Timothy, um, Hebrews, uh, the 
the Bible's full of uh, uh, the sin, uh, letting us know uh, that sin, that homosexuality is a sin from both the Old Testament and the New Testament. And it's not a, um, it's not a uh, whatever you feel like kind of thing. It's not, well, I feel this way, so I think it's okay, or it is okay. Um, the Bible uh, specifically says homosexuality is a sin. Um, in the Old Testament, it calls homosexuality an abomination um, before God. Um, it's not um, uh, something to be taken lightly. Even the word pride um, that uh, you know this movement uses, LGBTQ plus um, uh, movement uses, uh, God hates pride. The Bible says in Proverbs eight thirteen, the fear of the Lord is hatred of evil, pride and arrogance and the way of evil and perverted speech I hate. The Lord hates um, pride and and for them knowing it's a sin and that um, you know homosexuality is a sin, pride is a sin. And then for people to um, even um, the perverted speech about it is is sinful. God hates it. God hates um, that sin. And um, it's it's not our uh, opinion. It's not um, you know when a Christian. Uh, tell someone that homosexuality is a sin. We're telling people out of a place of love. It's but it, we'll get into all that in a minute. But um, biblically speaking, from a biblical point of view, homosexuality is a sin. Even the thought of it being prideful is sinful. And so our issue is that uh, that side, the LGBTQ plus side is pushing their point of view on us and our children. And so we um, will absolutely speak up about it. Yeah, what's, what's super sad is, and honestly, this, this whole movement, and it's not just homosexuality, but it's every, every letter and every one that adds and will come afterwards. <clears throat> because we were talking before, um, before we even came for the show, um, and, and what's really sad, I guess we'll get into in a second, is all of this has happened because of the failure of the church. We're, we're at this place because of the unfaithfulness of the church. To not disciple our own people, to not be faithful, to not preach the gospel unhindered, what we've done is we've switched to this kind of seeker-friendly idea, and wherever there's compromise on the gospel, then you're going to have people who are not fully developed as Christians and so what you have is when you're elevating your feelings, you're elevating, you know, it was a good worship service if you felt the spirit. It was a good worship service if it felt like it hit home with you or the pastor was speaking to a need in your life. Instead of we sang truths about Christ together, the pastor spoke the word faithfully and proclaimed it to us in our hearing. Like instead of that, we've moved into what do you like? 
you know, we, we Burger Kinged the thing, right? And now what we've seen is, and the next logical um, step is that people who are living in as an abomination and all these abominations that you said, G, um, are still wanting to hold on to Jesus because we've watered it down and muddied the water so much that they think you can have your sin and have Christ. But there's a forsaking there. There's a holiness. There's a repentance there that's not being preached. And so what we're seeing is the fruit of our unfaithfulness. Right. There's church. Go ahead, John. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I mean, what Aaron just said is so true. There are churches that are flying uh, Pride Month uh, flags out on their, um, you know, front doorsteps, you know, to to show to for them, the church, um, to say that LGBTQ plus is okay it's there's it's not a sin um we, you're being lied to because it is a sin and christians we as christians um you know we must tell people the truth in love do it with gentleness and respect i i, I would we were talking earlier and i would be the first to say i don't understand um that particular sin like i don't understand how someone who's a homosexual how they would like you know the same sex like i don't understand that sin but i want you to know that i am not guiltless like i deal with sin too i just don't deal with that sin i deal with other sins i deal with sin of pride i deal with sin of anger like i deal with these sins all the time um but what we all must do and what we uh, is absolutely have to do is bring it to the cross. You bring your sin to the cross, to the foot of Jesus Christ, and you repent. You repent of your sin and you get up and you walk again, but you you have a, a changed, renewed heart to Christ, trusting Christ um, for everything that you do. And so that's, you know... Um, we as Christians need to be able to speak up to that. We need to be able to tell people the truth. Well, and we, and we can call it like it is. It's a, it's a celebration of sin masked by a celebration of love or yeah. inclusivity. It's just a mask that's pulled over. You know, we don't have name any sin, right? We're not ranking sins here. Um, we've talked about a ton of them on our show. I mean, we've, we've drilled them all and they're all sin and we don't celebrate, we don't celebrate gluttonous month, um, or, or liar month, right. Or anything like that. And so, uh, you know, they've just kind of masked it in a way. Uh, and I really think it's, it's sad that the church is stumbling over that mask. They're, they're kind of falling for the mask. Yeah. That's you're hitting it on on the point there, Bobby. Nail on the head is is basically what Pride Month represents is it's a it's a war on a biblical foundation of love. Uh, th- that's what you see is love is love, and what what they're so good at is what. And I'm not calling them Satan, but it's what Satan is good at. The devil is scheming in this thing. Is did God really say that? Because you can have conversations as well. God is love. Okay. Read that chapter, read that chapter in first John, because what, what it talks about in God being love is 
God manifests or makes his love known to us by sending Christ to be a propitiation for our sins. Like Christ died for the sin that you're celebrating. It, it would be like me celebrating, you know, whatever, go down the list and name it. My, my lust, my sexual immorality, my, my greed, my gluttony, whatever it might be. And saying, but, but God is love. Um, no, we know that God is love, but because God has made his love known. Once again, God is the author of love. He's a definition of love. And in the same token, he's, he's also the designer and definer of marriage. You know, uh, you don't get to say this is marriage. We have to look to the book because God has revealed it in his word. And, and you see this as just in the language, you watch the language of this particular time of, of the year. Um, everyone on, on that side of the aisle is, is looking for allies. You know, you don't hear that language anywhere else. That's, that's war language. And it's because they know it's a war. And uh, it, it, we just need to be on guard, ready to go, ready to engage, as G said, in gentleness, with gentleness and respect, in love, but to be ready to stand on God's word as the foundation for all that we do. That's why we stand in direct opposition to it, because we want to build our whole lives on the word of God. What does that mean for us? It means we must always live in a continual state of repentance and trust in Christ because we know we have logs in our own eyes that we need to remove before we help our brothers and sisters remove specks from theirs. But we want to be people who remove specks from our brothers and sisters' eyes. Yeah. No, I, I think one of the genius parts that I think you guys are both getting to is what, what this whole movement has done and they've done in a brilliant way is they've, used a lot of the abominations of slavery and they've used the same terminology and language because you know you don't want to look down on someone just because of something about them right like as obviously we know in our country some pretty amazing travesties that we can't imagine happen to to our brothers and sisters of color and uh things that they've been through we'll never understand um but Again, the genius of this movement is it's used some of their terminology and to say, you know, you wouldn't want to segregate from these people. You know, you're so hateful. You don't want your kids to learn from them or to know about this lifestyle. You know, so you're 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 doing the same thing that we did back in these times. Mm -hmm. And it's been brilliant And for those who do not have a foundation. They've been attacked and picked off like like you were referring to, Bobby. Sadly, like. Like what I would say is what today was, was an amazing way to end Pride Month Mm -hmm. with the overturning of Roe versus Wade. And you know what we see? A bunch of Christians not being willing to celebrate. We're still too afraid to celebrate. We even got the victory. God says, listen, even though you are wicked, abominable in my sight, because there are people who are faithful in the land, I'm going to give you this gift. And yet still as the church, we're afraid to say anything because of the offense. And what we're seeing is people literally making babies, uh, you know, to stab outside of clinics. Um, we're seeing people like dragging small children, like who, I mean, bringing up the talk of sexuality when that shouldn't even be on the, on the table at all. And we're seeing this over and over again. And what all of it is, is what Johnny alluded to. It's, it's rebellion. It's this, hunger to define ourselves to say we do not need god i'll say what i am you know 
And all the while, their biology and how they've been created screams back that what they're living is a lie. So it's really, it's a great, um, just a great tying up of logic and sadly, um, hope because it's all gone. These people are looking in these identities to find faith and to find something to rest in. And, and what's super sad is the lives being lost and altered and changed forever because they've believed a lie. Yeah, this, this is indoctrination at its finest. It's a, it's a month, month's worth of straight-up indoctrination. You, like you said earlier, the, the companies that you buy your products from or services you use have, have changed their logos, which is crazy. Uh, for businesses to ever do that, but they do it for this particular month. That's that's terrible marketing. But for this month, they they do it for the sake of yeah. inclusivity. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, because right. you know they don't want to cause an uprising. Um, so because of that, because of this indoctrination that is happening for a solid month, what would we say uh, the biblical response is to this? How can we equip the church, our listeners, their families to respond to something like this? I think the foundational issue, and, and we've, we've probably um, said this a thousand times, if not more, on this podcast. The foundational issue with this issue and any other is do we believe that God's word is authoritative in all matters of life? Mm-hmm. That's where it gets to. Um, because I look, at, I look at friends that I have that I grew up with who are homosexuals, um, uh, people who are quote unquote allies of the LGBT plus community. And what often happens is this is who I am. How does God respond to it? And so there's either a complete ignoring or an all out assault on God's word. And so we have to, we have to stop apologizing for God's word when it just gets down to it. What God's word says is what God says. And I think about what, our statement of faith here at Eden Chapel says, you know, it says that we believe in the scriptures as authoritative and that leads us to believe. And then there's just a list of the things that we believe Two of those things being about, um, the God creating, uh, man, his image, male and female. He created them. So we believe that God created two genders that glorifies God and images him in a, in a way that, um, only does so in human beings. We also uh, believe, because of God's word, uh, in what family looks like, that marriage is a lifelong covenant between a man and a woman, um, and a man and woman alone. And because of that, man and woman have children, and children are a gift from the Lord, uh, a heritage. Uh, they're arrows in the hands of a warrior. And so what we believe about Scripture matters. When we think about responding to people, We've said it, and we will say it and say it and say it again. Don't put away your sword. This is the word of God. The This is the sword of the Spirit. And so when we think about engaging people, engage them on that level. Let that be the foundation of any argument or anything, any discussion that comes up, because this is the only foundation that will stand. Feelings crumble, and feelings are... Um, always fluctuating from person to person. That's why that is uh, the standard that this community tries to live by. You know, what feels right and what's true to you. Uh, Give them a foundation that will never waver, never falter, and will always stand. And that's where I think the the battle 
must begin. Yeah, what's what's been again and in, in the Christian side, what has been sad again is the the lack of response and the lack of engaging others with the truth and the authority of the scriptures. I you know, for the longest time, what's really been sad is our world, even before this great movement over the last so many years. I mean, we've we've been saying for the pul- from the pulpit for probably seven years now, sexual um, sexual rights will always trump religious rights, because sadly, most people are more passionate—no pun intended—but about their sexual rights than they ever would be about their Creator especially in their sin, obviously. And what's, what's sad is they've told us, don't force your gospel down our throat. And what do we see happening? We see a month long, and really it's every day, every day. Of, of the year. You know, they say it's a month long where everyone switches their logo, but regardless, you are canceled if you don't agree with them. It's not, we've made this good argument, you know, as far as our viability, and so now would you accept us? It's no, you will celebrate us, or you will be cast out of the temple. You're cast out of society. You're not going to be able to trade. It's like, it's like falling out of Judaism, right? Like, it's, it's the same thing. It's the same kind of debauchery, just repackaged and brought into the uh, modern world, and that's what we're facing now. So what, what do we see? We see verses like Psalm 31, 23. Love the Lord, all you His saints. Okay, so love the Lord. There you go. If you're in Christ, love the Lord. The Lord preserves the faithful, but abundantly, or excuse me, abundantly repays the one who acts in pride. So <laughs> the Lord has spoken over and over and over again about what He expects of us. And all of us, as, as G talked, to her, talked about earlier, in regards to having temptation, we all have different temptations. We have some temptations that are the same. Some of our sins are obvious. Some are hidden and no one knows. But regardless of the fact, because I'm tempted with something, that doesn't define me. Right? Christ is what defines me. My forgiveness that is at that cross that I can take my sin to, that's what defines me. And just because I'm tempted with one certain kind of sin does not mean that I just you know, fall into that and say, all right, I'm not going to fight. I know what you've said, Lord, but this is how you made me. And then we start to blame God for our sin. No, what he tells us to do is get up every day like Paul did, take it to the cross, lay it at the feet of Christ, and if it comes back, you take it again, right? We say that all the time. And so what we see is rather than, and I know, Johnny, you, you could speak to this, but you've said it before many times. It's we want the acceptance of Christ without the forsaking of our sin. Yeah. And this is what this entire community is built upon. Yeah, deliverance from the penalty without deliverance from the power of sin. Yeah, and, you know, just hearing that just sounds, I can hear the, the response of Christians throughout this time, the reason for being silent is, look, I struggle with my sin and, and that you struggle with your sin. You know, we all struggle. Well, yeah. Okay. We know that. So right? yeah, we let, understand that. let's do what the Bible commands, which is to repent and trust in Jesus. It's not an excuse for cowardice. Yeah, it's not an excuse for cowardice. Exactly. And, and we have to, to continually lay our lives on that foundation because that's, that's where the, the battle is right there in the front is, if, if we can agree that it's a sin, then, then we need to speak up. You know, 
fight the war there because that's where it's really important. Um, and a lot of people might even get to that point and then shut down because I don't know what the fear might exactly be. It can be a, a plethora of things, but we just say you have your sin, you know, judge not lest you be judged. Uh, and, and the whole thing, forget the rest of the yeah, chapter. forget the rest of the chapter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, is it Paul Wash that says, uh, take not a verse out of context, lest you be Satan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. And th- this is where I think we, as we think about responding as, as Christians who trust in the Bible as our foundation, uh, a lot, a lot of the issue is going to revolve around for one, is it sin? We spend a lot of time battling whether you were born that way or not. Uh, I, I just go on to say this, look, we're, we're born with an innate sinful nature. You know, we can fight that battle all we want. Let's just fight the, the true battle is that we're called to forsake sin and self. Uh, no matter how you want to think you arrive there. Um, just in the same way, I think about like in my life, uh, you know, as, as a high school senior struggling with sexual morality in, in a very, uh, prominent way in my life, I, I thankfully wasn't going to scripture going, God, this is who I am. How do you respond? You know, I, I was always under the weight of, I know what God said in his word. Like I would read first Corinthians six, you know, and that's a big time verse. And when we think about pride month, I mean, in that list, I was in that list. I was sexually immoral. And so I'm thinking, oh man, I don't inherit the kingdom of God, but what's the answer? You've been washed. You've been sanctified. It's all the grace of Jesus. And it makes me new. And so if my life isn't transformed by that, the gracious gift of God, then something is wrong. And so this is where we're calling people, calling them to Christ, no matter where you find yourself, calling them to repentance and faith in Jesus. Okay, so as we're kind of wrapping this discussion up, um, and this is, a, this is a difficult conversation because this is how we've been cultured. Mm-hmm. you know over time and and i would say it's just as difficult as if you were having to talk to someone about their greed or their lust or whatever you know like that's it's it's no more difficult than having that conversation but it's what we're called to do so as we are closing up um any final thoughts that that you can give to our listeners that will help lead them in a direction to have these kinds of conversations and and it may be quite an obvious answer and that's okay the Bible does say um, to remove the plank from your eye so that you can see the speck in your brother's eye to remove it. But the Bible continues to talk about judgment, and um, I believe it is in, in Matthew, and it says, when you do judge, to judge rightly, to judge rightly. And, you know, what Johnny said, and Aaron, my brother Aaron are saying, you know, we are always to go to the Word of God um, for our, um, um, for, for how we are to live, how we are to conduct ourselves in a manner, um, uh, worthy of our calling. Right. And so what I would say is if you see, if you see somebody burning in a, in a building and you can save them, would you not save them? Would you not tell them about Christ? Would you not tell them about um, 
what you know uh, is sin. That if someone is defined by their sin, like what Aaron's talking about, then that that person is um, in desperate need of Jesus Christ and is on their way to hell. Uh, uh, if you um, your niceness, brother Aaron preached about this just the other day. Uh, your niceness could lead someone to go to hell. I mean, you um, would you not um, want to share Christ uh, with that person if you could and uh, to tell that person the truth. And it's not just, um, uh, well, it's, uh, you know, love is love. No, God is love. And God is love because he gave us his son to die on a cross for our sins that we might live for Christ and die to self. And that's that's what we are to do. And um, I would say um, be courageous, be strong and courageous, right? <laughs> um, do not be afraid. Like, uh, speak truth to uh, people and don't be afraid. You have your Father who is with you. Amen. I would say the Bible says such were some of you. You know, that's the that's the beauty in the end of First Corinthians six. And when we think about what God has said as has been laid out for us well during our time together, God created a male and female. God as the one who ordained marriage in the in the marriage bed and is it to keep it undefiled and holy before him because it's a picture of our relationship with Christ and our and God's relationship with his son. And it's and it's something beautiful and to take that and to defile it. And to take the sin that Christ died to crucify it and say, this is what I'm going to be defined by. This is what I'm going to live my life for. Accept me as I am as the ultimate in pridefulness. So, so I would say it's named correctly, but it's the ultimate in pridefulness and in rebellion. We're looking at God and we're saying, it doesn't matter what you say. I'm going to do what I please. And, and sadly, what we see is, is in Romans chapter 1, one of the quintessential texts in regard to this is, and, and I want us to hear this and know this, America, not just you know Tennessee, America, all of us, Romans 1 tells us that what we see and what we're observing right now is the evidence of God giving us over to a depraved mind. Read Romans chapter 1. Therefore, God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to dishonoring their bodies among themselves because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever, amen. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. This is a judgment on, of God upon our country and upon our world. For their woman, women exchanged natural relations for those that were contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. Men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. Like this is our world right now. And we're asked to celebrate. And, and what is scary is at the end of Romans 1, Christian, and this is for you, that the ends of Romans 1, it says that knowing the judgment that these people deserve, there are those out there giving... Uh, acceptance and celebrating this and we're guilty with them if we go along and we're celebrating instead of speaking the truth as gary said 
How much do we have to hate people who we know and believe are running to hell to just sit by and be as nice as we can to make the path easy as they run their way to destruction? We need to not, instead, instead of just being okay with our fire insurance, we need to understand that our brothers and sisters, enemies, children, family members, co-workers, those around us need Christ. And how do we lead them to Christ? It's not by good manners, but it's by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. That's the only thing that can bring freedom. Yeah, amen to all that. Um, my last encouragement and exhortation would be to not get your theology from TikTok. And I think about a friend of mine who, who doesn't attend here. He actually was calling me uh, one night because someone from our church had responded to someone who was going through the whole deconstruction phase. And they had mentioned how the word homosexual wasn't added to scripture until 1946. And uh, so he was like, Hey, you know, what, what do you think about this? And, and you know, I, as nice as I could be, I was like, man, that's just, it's just trash. Mm-hmm. Like just a quick internet search would help you understand how really lame of an argument that is. And if we start making sure by reading our own Bibles, we, we don't necessarily even have to understand the, the Greek and Hebrew there for just little things like that. Like just listen to what pastor Aaron just read in Romans one. You can't work it around that language. First uh, Corinthians six, you can't work around that language. First Timothy one, you can't work around that language. And when you understand that the inspired infallible inerrant word of God says these things, if you study to show yourself approved uh, as a worker approved, then you'll understand these things. You can stand firmly on these things. And when, when we listen to voices that are trying to speak authoritatively as quote unquote Christians while doing all that they can to destroy the foundation of God's word, like that's the problem uh, when with this issue and, and so many others. And so um, my exhortation is to get your theology from the Bible and and read it, open it, memorize it, and be ready to engage with people. Um, don't don't be afraid. Listen, they're not afraid. They're not afraid at all to speak to you and to to ask you, not even ask you to um, to call on you to surrender whatever thoughts and beliefs you have to. Um, to, to their, to their ideas of how life should work. So, um, we don't have to be shy either. Uh, we shouldn't be, and, uh, just be faithful to do what God has called us to do and trust that his spirit will do what only he can do. And, and that would be my exhortation. Excellent guys. Thank you so much for today. As we talked about, uh, this, this topic, which is, again, is quite relevant. Um, listener, I hope you gain something from it. Um, and use it as we go out throughout each day. Well, um, can I say one more thing, yeah. Bobby? But no, do it. no, you right. can't. I'm just kidding. Yes. <laughs> but just what I'm thinking is, is okay, you're going to go out and be faithful, and you may not see multitudes coming to Christ because of your gospel proclamation. What you can do is be faithful in your own home. Mm-hmm. Raise your children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Pray with them. Lead them. Show them that Christ is more than someone you throw your tips at on Sunday and if, you know, maybe Wednesday or different times, but he is your life. Worship with passion, be in the word, teach them to love the word and raise up the next generation who will go out and fight. And we will trust that God will win the world exactly how he always has by Christians faithfully just living their lives and putting them first and watching us take over culture 
because no matter what, even in our defeats, we win because God's word in his church will always prevail over the gates of hell. Yeah, and on that same token, sorry hey, to keep wait, going. Yeah, wait, wait, wait. I'm just kidding. I'm just but kidding. <laughs> on that same token, in the home, children are not the authority here. The parents are. Um, kids want to be crazy things sometimes. And so just because your kid says he wants to be a T-Rex doesn't mean that you allow him to start identifying as a T-Rex. Uh, just because maybe, because my child probably would. He would want to go and do something really harmful to himself, like play in the middle of Chapman Highway. I wouldn't let him do that. Uh exercise the God-given authority that you've been placed as a parent and um, lead and love your kids uh, towards loving Christ and honoring him in all things. And sometimes that means you're going to have to have a hard conversation with them because whatever might be going on in their mind. But uh, as scripture tells us, we, we take every thought captive to obey Christ. And so make sure in your home that you understand that loving your kids is urging them to do what is best for them. Uh, it's, it's loving them for their good, not, not their idea of good, their actual good. And, uh, I think, sorry to say one more thing, but I I had to kind of say that because I have very close friends that their, their kids call the shots and, and it's sad to watch. Well, and even the, even the other side of that, (laughs) was just one more thing. (laughs) Let's just keep going. Keep going. Come on. Uh, even the other side of that, Johnny, is you're exactly right. But what we see a lot of time too is those of a particular political persuasion are almost, it's almost like the newish, like, you know, the wife having the newest coach purse or whatever the hot purse is now is my kid is trans. My kid is this, my kid is that. Yeah. And their kid doesn't even know doesn't what's even happening know, on. Yeah. yeah. And, and what's sad is these kids are being ruined for life. Uh, you know, medically castrated. But they say things like that because their their boy might have pushed a blue uh, blanket away or something. Right. That's exactly. They're thinking, oh, and that's it's always yeah. been that way. And what's sad is, again, those folks will answer yeah. for the way that they've parented their kids. And I know it it disgusts a lot of us. But as G said before, you know, let's understand we all have sin, and let's take care of our own homes. And then as we go out, let's preach the gospel and teach our kids to be faithful too. Amen. And I just want to say one thing, um, you know, just to go around with what Johnny was saying, like, and, and my brother Aaron is, uh, you've got to know your Bible. You've got to know the Bible. You've got to be able to point out scripture to your children, to your wife. You need to have devotions with your family. You need to sit down at least once a week, uh, forever how long and, and teach your children. Show them in God's word where everything we are talking about tonight, where it's at. Um, marriage is between a, a, a man and a woman. A one man, one woman. Um, that, that's how God defined a family. And, and as a result of that marriage, you have children. Um, there's two sexes that were created, um, man and woman. Um, all these things, you point these things out to your children, to your wife. They will see that it's important for you, and whatever is important for you, they will think it's important for them as well. I got one more. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I have one job, and I totally failed at it today, so uh, apologies to everybody. Um, I, you know, you can replace me. That's fine. I'm just kidding. No, thank you for that, guys. That was, I think that was great. We can continue to add on. Um, in another episode. Uh, Anyway, thank you again, listeners. Thank you. 
Uh, Pastor G, will you close us in prayer, please? Sure. Holy God, I, I thank you so much uh, for this opportunity to uh, just be able to lift your name up, Lord, to, uh, to tell the world about how much um, you've done for us, about your grace, uh, your love, your mercy you've had upon us, Lord. Lord, I pray uh, that the church be emboldened, your people be emboldened, Lord, to uh, to tell others the truth mm. about your word, uh, that you are the authority in all things, that your word is authoritative and that we are to abide by your word. Um, every Every single letter written in your word, we are to abide by, Lord, and uh, may we teach that to others in a gentle and respectful and loving way, Lord. And may we teach our families, our wives and our children. May we just uh, be uh, be men that you've called us to be, Lord. Um, the Bible says to, um, uh, to be strong, to be courageous, and to act like men. Uh, and that everything we do be done in love, Lord. Help us to do that. Lord, I thank you again for this time and for these men and what they mean to me and what they mean to this church, Lord. Thank you for everything and may and everything we do be to your glory. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today on the EC Podcast. If you do not have a church family, you can join us on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. If you are outside the area, we encourage you to find a Bible-believing church for fellowship and worship. Until next time, God bless.